welcome back to the You May New Podcast. I'm JC. It's episode 18 today. I'm really praying that I, <laughs> I haven't overwhelmed anyone. And if I have, maybe take some time before you move on to this episode. If the last three um, episode series was like just a lot to chew on, don't feel like you have to be in a hurry. Chew on it for a while. Don't go any farther. Or keep going with me, um, but give yourself the time to process. We're, we're diving in a lot deeper this season than I even visualized when we started. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We got to get to those deeper issues. And I hope you could see in that last, that third part, those hidden motivations, those hidden beliefs deep, deep under the surface. We had to dig around a little bit. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's confusing or it's, it's just difficult to even go there, but that's okay. Um, I am a huge believer with all of my whole heart that to be changed and made new in our minds through the power of Jesus Christ requires some digging. It's, you know, it's just part of the process. It's not the surface stuff that's going to make that huge transformation. So again, give yourself permission if you need a little time. I actually love what we're going to talk about today. I think it builds on that series. It's almost like I planned it that way. I love that I can give the Lord credit because I didn't. <laughs> but the more I studied um, and the thoughts and the quotes and the ideas began to come, I was like, oh man, oh man. Like the perfect place to talk about what we're going to do today is right after that three-part series. And I'll explain why. We talked, and I'm just going to quickly, you know, we talked about calming down the frantic pace of our service and stopping for a minute, looking at our, our Christian efforts, our lives, our, our good works that we're trying to throw ourselves into so many wonderful things to bless other people. Just kind of stop for a minute, slow down, look at the motivation, look at our reasoning. And more than anything from that Matthew 7 passage, ask ourselves, does my life do all these efforts come from a place of knowing Christ? Or is it just this little agenda I've given myself out of my own, you know, my own reasons? Do I know him? And if not, boy, how do I, how do I even move in that direction from this frantic list of good works? I mean, a lot of us, we're not out doing a lot of um, st bad stuff. We're, we're trying to add good things to our lives, but we're so stinking busy and we're, we're going out of our head with the schedule and everything that's got on our plate, even good things, that what I'm saying in this episode is this is our time to take a deep breath because we're going to talk in this episode about solitude, about taking that, the moments, whether it's five minutes or a couple hours or a half a day to just sit at the Lord's feet, turn things off shut things down, step away from the demands and have time alone with him. Now we're going to talk about why that's important. We could just say up front, how else do you come to know someone if you don't spend time with them? So boom, let's just get out that out there right now. But this is the thing that finally struck me as I studied this. Because we kept talking in the last episode about all these service opportunities. In fact, I had someone say to me um, that's in leadership recently, like, there's just so many needs. And I just feel like the Lord wants me to just meet that. I could feel this franticness about it. And I get it. There's a zillion needs. 
screaming at us. And the worst part is now we can see them all on social media. I'm part of a really big Facebook group that almost daily you see new suffering, new needs and new problems and new things that people need help and prayer for. And we could get swallowed up by it. But let's take our cue right from the beginning from the Lord's life, from his own ministry. Now we know from scripture, you can find these on your own, but over and over and over, we're told that he withdrew and went off by himself, whether it was for a time or for the entire night. He, like Mark 1, 35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. He withdrew himself. Um, Luke 6, verse 12 and 13. And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Mark 6, he asked his disciples to do the same thing. He taught them this principle. He said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And so he took them and they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Does your life ever feel like there's just many coming and going and I have no leisure so much as to eat? Like it's just nonstop. Good things. We're moms, we're employees, we're leaders in in our congregations. We're, We're trying to do so many good things that we forget even Christ himself stepped away and sought out solitude. Now, the thing that struck me, I said that before. Here we go. (laughs) Two verses. I, I was kind of like slacked out over this. I had never thought of it this way. There was one in Luke five. It says Luke five, verse 16. It says, um, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of him, his infirmities. And you would think that the next verse would say, He healed everyone and he taught everyone and he went and blessed everyone. All these needs, all these people coming to be healed by him of their infirmities. But the next verse says, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Christ sometimes set the priorities, the screaming needs aside and withdrew himself. The even more powerful one is in Matthew 14, verse 23. And it says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So he wasn't just done preaching like the people, you know, left and and then he could go up. He specifically, it says, sent them away. You can't tell me that every person in that entire multitude had been healed and every problem fixed and every need met. He came to the point when he said, okay, we're done for now. In fact, Mark 6, 46 uses the same phrase, sent them away. He said, we're done. And he left and he sought out solitude. So right in the beginning, as we talk about solitude, um, we our first reaction is like, I'm so busy. I have so much going on. I can't, when am I supposed to find time? But here's the thing. He was the son of God. He had the most important mission ever on this earth. He was the Messiah, the anointed one sent to heal and bless and save. And yet he, even he, part God, stopped, withdrew, sought out solitude. And and we'd say we're too busy for this. He could do it. 
as important as his ministry was, but we say, oh no, you know, the things I'm doing are just so important. I just can't, I can't drop anything in. I don't know. (laughs) This is huge. And we're going to talk about why it's so huge. Okay. But I think we need to clarify right from the beginning. I'm going to use two authors who are deep thinkers. I have loved their books for many years. Um, and by the way, I have a sweet friend. I just love her to pieces. She is helping me compile a list of all the quotes and books that I've used in the different episodes throughout our seasons. I hadn't even thought of doing that when I started. I just kind of launched into it and she said, would you like a list? So she's going through it and helping me with that. So we'll have that on my podcast page before too long. One book is by Henry Nguyen. It's called The Way of the Heart. And the other one is by Dallas Willard who's an amazing Christian thinker and teacher called the spirit of the disciplines. And I'm going to pin like ping pong between these two, but they give, gave me such a beautiful vision of what solitude could look like. Um, Henry in his first um, unfolding of talking about solitude, he says, you know, in order to understand the meaning of solitude, we must first unmask the ways in which the idea of solitude has been distorted by our world. We say to each other that we need some solitude in our lives. What we are really thinking of, however, is a time and place for ourselves in which we are not bothered by other people, can think our own thoughts, express our own complaints and do our own thing, whatever it may be. For us, he says, solitude most often means privacy. We also think of solitude as a station where we can recharge our batteries or as the corner of the boxing ring where our wounds are oiled, our muscles massaged, and our courage restored by fitting slogans. In short, we think of solitude as a place where we gather new strength to continue the ongoing competition in life. Now, again, Dallas Willard points out the same thing and and he says, listen, there's nothing wrong with getting away for a while. We're not saying rest and refreshment, getting out in nature. That can always be a blessing. That is not the kind of solitude we're talking about in this episode. Not just an escape. Henry Nguyen continues. He says, solitude is not a private therapeutic place. Rather, it is the place of conversion. The place where the old self dies and the new self is born. Listen to that for a minute. Think about that. We're talking about transformation and it happens in that quiet moment between you and the Lord when he is able to get your full attention. That is when that restructuring of our mind happens. If we're just running around like crazy women all the time, even if we're throwing, excuse me, I'm men. If I have men listening, (laughs) I do that a lot. Even if they're good things. We're just like those in Matthew 7. Lord, Lord, look at all the wonderful works that we're doing in your name. And he's going, I never knew you. Never came and sat at my feet. Let me purify your intent. Um, Henry continues in the way of the heart. In solitude, he says, I get rid of my scaffolding. No friends to talk with. No calls to make. No meetings to attend. No music to entertain. No books to distract. Just me. Naked, vulnerable, weak, sinful, broken, nothing. It is this nothingness that I have to face in my solitude. 
a nothingness so dreadful that everything in me wants to run back to my friends, my work, and my distractions so I can forget my nothingness and make myself believe I'm worth something. Thus, I try to run from the dark abyss of my nothingness and restore my false self in all its vainglory. I mean, could it be that we avoid solitude? We say we're busy. We say it's because we're busy. What if we're avoiding it because we don't want to face those demons? We don't want to have to do that digging and see what comes up when we begin to look underneath the surface. We don't want to know. It's a lot easier to just stay in our business busyness and pat ourselves on the back for all the good things we're doing when Christ is saying, no, no, I, I need you at my feet. I don't want you running around doing all that stuff today. Today, you're mine. <laughs> well, we're his every day, but. But Henry continues, that is the struggle. It is the struggle to die to the false self. But this struggle is far, far beyond our own strength. Listen to this sentence. Listen to this next sentence. Anyone who wants to fight his demons with his own weapons is a fool. The wisdom of solitude is the confrontation with our own frightening nothingness forces us to surrender ourselves totally and unconditionally to the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Christ can overcome the powers of evil. Only in and through him can we survive the trials of our solitude. Isn't that interesting? Um, I've got to keep going. I'm just, I'm going to do a lot of quotes today, but Dallas piggybacks on that perfectly in his book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, because he does a whole chapter on solitude. And he talks again, I'm not just talking about, you know, getting away. We're talking about purposefully choosing to be alone and to dwell on our lives. Think, meditate, come to Christ for the purpose of change, for the for purpose of transformation, of seeing what, what we need to see under the surface. This is what he says about it. And I love this. He says, solitude frees us, actually. The normal course of day-to-day human interactions, think motherhood, screaming kids, co-workers, traffic, the normal course of day-to-day human interactions locks us into patterns of feeling, thought, and action that are geared to a world set against God. He says, nothing but solitude can allow the development of a freedom from those ingrained behaviors that hinder our integration into God's order. In solitude, we find the psychic distance, the perspective from which we can see in the light of eternity, the created things that trap and worry and oppress us. Solitude opens us out to the unknown abyss that we all carry within us. And then he says, just like Henry, we can only survive solitude if we cling to Christ there. We cling to Christ there. I I had another quote in my notes and I was kind of fussing about it because I can't find the author. I must have cut and pasted or typed it. I don't know where I got it. And so if it's someone's quote, forgive me, (laughs) but I have to include that. It, It was the idea that in solitude, we learn to stop doing, stop producing, stop people pleasing, stop entertaining ourselves, stop obsessing, stop doing anything except to simply be our naked self before God and be found by him. Be found by him. 
it's funny. I've, I've been reading and talking to people about this and reading different things about it. And I've, I've come across the idea many times of different people saying, I'm really not uncomfortable or I'm really not comfortable with the quiet. I don't like it when it's quiet. The TV's on. I turn the music on. I don't like it. And so, you know, if you're one of those people that has taught yourself to have that noise, again, it may be, there may be various reasons. I'm not saying it's because we're all afraid to, to delve into that abyss like Dallas was talking about, but maybe we are trying to avoid something. And maybe we are like Martha, keeping ourselves in the kitchen so busy. And Mary knew she went and sat at his feet. Maybe we are missing out if we can't get used to the quiet, but let's also give ourselves some grace because it's a learned practice. It's a, it's an experience that takes, if we're not used to it, if we're used to noise, the problem is, and I didn't, oh, I didn't keep this quote, did I? I don't think I printed it out. Henry talks a bit in his book about how once you finally get quiet, he says, your brain can spin off. <laughs> That's when you hear those demons start really can start screaming all of that craziness. All you just watch your mind for a little while and it can just go all kinds of places where you're like, what is that? It's not the easy, easiest experience. But can you see that until we get away from the demands, our culture's insane culture of busyness, until we step away from that, Take some time in solitude. Again, if you're a young mother, it'll come. He'll help you find it. It may just be little five minutes here and there. It's okay. Don't have big expectations for it to be this grand thing at first. But if we tell the Lord, like, I want this. I can tell that I need it. I, I need more than to just have my oil, wounds oiled and my muscles massaged, like, like Henry said. I, I need my mind to be made new. The only way that's going to happen is we come to his feet, withdraw ourselves, maybe just like that verse we read with the Lord's life where he sent the crowds away. Maybe for a time, it really does mean telling your family, you know what? I, I need some time. I'm sorry. Here's some, you know, arrange a babysitter or get some help or, you know, just tell everybody, listen, mama, mama needs, mama needs a minute. I can't do it anymore. I can't. Um, just spin my wheels and spin my wheels. I've got to withdraw like he did regularly. He was half God and he needed it. I needed a thousand trillion times more, right? Right? And take that time to where we can breathe. If we can't handle it, let's just start trying to learn. If it's only five minutes the first time, that's fine. That's Okay. He'll work, Lord will work you with you on that. This is how Henry, Henry Nguyen describes it in his, his same chapter. He says, we enter into solitude, first of all, to meet our Lord and to be with him and him alone. Our primary task in solitude, therefore, is to keep the eyes of our mind and heart on him who is our divine savior. Only in the context of grace can we face our sin. That just sends goosebumps up my arms. Um, yes, this can be a difficult per season to see our demons come out. When we finally get quiet, the demons can come out. But he says, remember, you're in the context of grace. When you're in the presence of Christ, you're in the context of grace. And only then can we truly face our sin. Only in the place of healing do we dare show our wounds. 
Only with a single-minded attention to Christ can we give up our clinging fears and face our own true nature. As we come to realize that it is not we who live, but Christ who lives in us, that he is our true self. We can slowly let our compulsions melt away and begin to experience the freedom of the children of God. The freedom of the children of God. I can't believe how fast my time is going lately. <laughs> how am I already at 20 minutes? Oh, I could go 20 more. I, my heart's been very full of everything I've been studying with this this week. I will tell you, um, I heard one author this week say, I'm finally to the point I got so burnt out and so done. And this person was in Christian ministry doing amazing things, flying all over the world and speaking. And, um, and he was saying, you know what? I'm to the point now where my default answer is no. If you're going to come ask me to do something, you're going to have to convince me because something else is going to have to come off my plate to put your thing on my plate. Like he's, he talked about being very, very selective. And I, I think it can even be called spirit-led. There will be a thousand voices competing for our attention, for our um, energy, and they will be good things that we definitely, if we are not careful, will think, oh, that's a wonderful work. Christ, of course, wants me to do that. But is it your people pleaser side talking? Is it a codependent side talking? Or is it Christ saying this? This is the time to be part of the multitudes, to work, to offer your gifts to the world, but then to listen to his voice enough that when he says, now send them away, it's time, come away to a place apart for some rest. Come away and breathe. Come to my feet. Let me sort out the craziness of your mind. Begin to hear my voice with a clarity that you can then carry back with you into the motherhood and into the workplace and into all these busy, crazy things you're doing. You'll still keep me with you because you've spent that time in solitude. But can you see why we had to talk about that people-pleasing series? Because we had to calm down the crazy that was being driven by this inner compulsion that that's what a good Christian does. And I have to be doing all those things and see if we can, we can finally cut that off and say, no, even Christ himself was not compulsive in his ministry. He stopped. He sent them away at times unhealed. Some of them were unhealed. He wasn't upset about that. And so we can be the same way. Withdraw. Find if it's three in the morning, for heaven's sakes, and you're laying there awake, think, no, okay, maybe I'm just going to get up for half an hour. I've done that before and I've told him flat out, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this time for some solitude. You know I have a lot on my plate tomorrow. You're going to have to help me not be tired. And he did. Because I needed the, sorry, I'm getting emotional again. I needed the solitude more than I needed my sleep for the peace in my mind, for the rest, for his voice to soothe all those demons and quiet them down, shut them up, and to purify, transform, reconstruct my mind. I can tell, I'm just, maybe we'll do this more a little bit next time. I can kind of feel we need to talk more about rest, and, and I think we may go into that in our next episode. But for now, pick a moment every day and try to find some solitude with him. That's my challenge reach for him, draw away and find that quiet for your mind. Have a wonderful week.